Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. And always remember to take it easy. And we are live. Welcome to Profile Pod TV. I'm your host, Andy Anatomical, aka Double A. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. If you're on the if you're on the East Coast, West Coast, wherever, if you're in the comments right now, thank you so much for being here. If you're watching this on the replay, thank you so much. I uh, can't emphasize that enough. Um, love the audience, love my listeners, love the viewers, and uh, appreciate the support. Um, we got a great show in store. For you tonight, we got part three of Talking Football. Uh, this is a three-part series. We started on Tuesday night with my good friends and former uh, teammates, uh, Jason DeCastro, Johnny Costin, Martin Bacon. Then we had part two last night with none other than Coach Daniel Fierro. And uh, tonight we culminate uh, with part three with our coach Andy Flores, which we'll bring on in just a few minutes. Um before that, uh, I just want to say a couple of things. I'm actually uh, out of the studio tonight. It's been a crazy day, kind of a hectic day, so a little unconventional tonight. But nonetheless, had a knockout. I got to stay committed and uh, you know knock out the episode with with Coach. So um, had to make it happen. We had to make it happen. I wasn't going to postpone anything, nothing like that. So um, really excited to be here, man, from a remote location here. And, uh, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, always excited to be here on the, on the show. Um, don't forget our 1,000 subscriber challenge. Trying to get to 1,000 subscribers on Profile Pod TV. And uh, appreciate you if, if you've uh, already subscribed. Um, if you have not, support the, support the show. Click on the little red button. And, uh, you know, it's always a, uh, you know, I'm always grateful for, for the support, man. So, yeah, show support. Click on the little red button. Subscribe, 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 and uh, pre- I'll, you know I'm much appreciative of that. Um, follow us on uh, on Instagram at ProfilePodTV at Nineties Galore, uh, Apple Podcast. Subscribe there. Leave us a rate and review, and leave us a comment. All that good stuff, man. Like, follow, share. Always love interacting with the, with the audience, man. So, and speaking of interacting, this is an interactive show as always. If you're in the comments, we'll do the best we can to get you on the uh, get your actually your question or uh, your comment. We'll pose the question or comment on the screen for our uh, our guest or myself. So, um, so yeah, that's that's always good. We already have a couple guys here. Chris, Chris from Kickback Podcast, LA. What's up, Chris? Damian Carrion, what's going on? Uh, appreciate you guys being here. It's always exciting to have you to have you here on on the Profile Pod TV. And uh, no shout outs tonight. You know, let's go ahead and get into 
and, and bring on our guest, man. I'm really excited to have this gentleman on because he has, I mean, a vast knowledge of the game of football. Uh, we're actually the same age, as we just found out a little while ago. Uh, we met at, at Little Caesars Pizza uh, back in January, pre-COVID, and uh, he was actually wearing his um, LA Wildcats uh, attire, which caught my eye. I start, we started chatting it up, and next thing you know, it's like, hey, yo, you know, find out he's a coach. Uh, and uh, so he's done a lot of big things as as a as a coach and and related to football, working with athletes. He's um, he has his, his personal trainer now, and uh, so we'll get into all of that, everything he's doing now, everything he's done. He's been on the Petros and Money show. He's been on the Keyshawn Johnson show on ESPN. Uh, he's this guy's always uh, he's got VIP access, which we'll get into as well. Please welcome Coach Andy. Flores. Coach, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Good, man. Welcome, Coach. Welcome, man. Glad to finally, finally here, man. We've been, you <laughs> know what you. I mean? Appreciate yeah, man. Having, man. Appreciate it. Of course, man. No, thank you so much for being here, man. And by the way, I got to stay, I got to start off, man. Love your name. You got a great name, man. First, your first name is the greatest name ever, man. <laughs> are you, are, are you Andres or what's your, your, Full name, Andrew Flores. Oh, it's Andrew. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm Andres, as legally, you know, technically, but I've, I, you know, I was always, I've always been Andy, um, ever since I was a little tyke, and um, so yeah, man. And then my mom's maiden name is Flores, so that's kind of funny, you know. So, um, how how is everything today, man? We actually live in the same hometown, as we know. Um, how, what's going on with you, Coach? What's going? What's what's the latest? uh good i mean now we're just starting to move some uh, restrictions as far as covid so we're able uh, to get on the field and finally uh, uh, get out of the weight room and uh, run around with the high school kids and hopefully our season will kick off as planned in january if everything goes accordingly definitely man and you guys are uh, like i was talking to coach Fierro last night i'm sure you guys are you know in full swing uh but of course with Keeping in mind, you know, applying the restrictions in place and protocols, and all that, huh? Is that is that pretty uh, challenging for you guys, coach, right now, or are you guys making it work? You know, with all those things uh, going on, with all the restrictions and, and what have you. Yeah, and I mean, I think as far as numbers wise, also too, as far as what you want to do in practice, uh, because of the pods you're in, you're limited to certain technique you could do, like as far as, you know, hitting and stuff like that. So a lot of the bag drills and stuff, uh, we couldn't even do. So, I mean, uh, technically we would get out and run around, but it was mostly just conditioning where at uh, this time of year, it, uh, we would already be halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, what October 8th, I think it would have been like, Five six games in, right? I mean, yeah, yep. yeah, man, yeah, exactly. Oh, way past probably six or seven games in, yeah, because uh, we yeah. start earlier now. Yeah, in August, and uh, so, coach, yeah, man, I, I want to kind of get get to you know get to know your background a little bit, man. You, you where did you go? Uh, where did you grow up, coach? I grew up in uh, Maywood, which is adjacent to Huntington Park, Bell you know, Southgate, Commerce, East L.A., and basically born and raised there. 
you know, uh, my father went to Roosevelt. He uh, was a Marine. You know, he ran track, played football at Roosevelt, and pretty much, you know, my brothers and I just followed in the same footsteps. And, you know, uh, my older brother played at Wilson. Uh, he went on to play college. Uh, my other brother played at Bell. He went on to play uh, college. And then I played at Bell in my last year. I transferred to Garfield and, you know, pretty much from there went to Mount Sac, Northwestern State, Louisiana, and then from there came back and um, from there I basically came to the Conejo Valley, which is out here in Ventura. And then from there just started coaching and, you know, uh, 17 years later, you know, I've been at Westlake, been at Oaks Christian, Calabasas, and now I'm at Grace Brother. So five championships and hopefully we get another one this year or next year. <laughs> Oh yeah, man! Great at Grace, right? Yep. They, five championships there. They've won. Uh, no. Is that what, I'm sorry. You referred. I've had, to... uh, I've had three championships at Westlake High School. Oh. Two at Calabasas. So you got five CIF rings. Yep. Oh wow, that's nice, man. I wouldn't mind having one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh no, that's quite an accomplishment. People don't know how rare and difficult it is just to get one, and let alone five. Jeez. That's and and uh, we've been, you know, blessed to have good kids and uh, good parents that support us. And, you know, everyone's all in. And, you know, there's a lot of success stories that we had kids going to college and we have a couple playing on Sunday, you know, Darnay Holmes and a couple other kids. You know, he's now starting for the Giants. Yeah. Uh, he played at UCLA, uh, was at Calabasas and just a, a, a bunch of different kids like that you know, that came up through our system and, you know, it's good to see them play college and also too is the uh, success stories that come with it on and off the field. No doubt. No doubt, man. So football, man, has is, is been part of your life for a long time. It's it's, it's part of your blood, right? Um, you know, did you grow up playing football as far as uh, youth leagues, Pop Warner, Junior All-American, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously – my brother was in college. My other brother was in high school. And at that time, I was coming through Pop Warner. So it was almost basically watch their practice. And then I would have my practice. And then, you know, it was always a Friday nights at the high school game, you know, a Saturday college football and a Sunday NFL. And, I mean, I think growing up in the inner city, I think that was a good way for my father to get us out of all the violence and gangs and everything else. It was either – Go in football and mind your business and stay in your lane. No doubt, man. No doubt. It. So you you're the youngest of three brothers. Yes. Youngest of three. And so, oh man. So yeah, I can imagine you were, uh, yeah, you were looking up to your brothers. You were, you know, almost probably idolizing them, watching their games, uh, going to their games, and you couldn't. I, if you were like me, you couldn't wait to get into high school, just get under those lights, right? Yep. Exactly. No doubt, man. And speaking of Maywood, Coach, uh, uh, I had uh, Henry Valle. Uh, I think he's class of maybe class of ninety-eight. Out of he's from Maywood. Had him on. I actually had him on a couple nights ago on Monday night on Instagram Live, and uh, he went to. He's from Maywood. Went to Bell High School, but I want to say he's about thirty-seven, thirty-eight years old now. Uh, 
just throwing it out there. And he he grew up in Maywood as well. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Valle, Henry Valle, small small world, man. Yeah. Small world. <laughs> well, yeah. and also too, you know, the biggest thing is football is a small community. I mean, you know, I look at football, I have a lot of friends in the movie industry and the football's pretty much the same as movie industry. It's a small business and everyone knows everyone. And if you're good, you're always working. You know. Absolutely. Pretty good concept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so where where did you first start off um your coaching career, coach? Where was the first school? Uh first school was at Westlake High School. Westlake High School, right? And what year was that? That was uh 2003. Okay. And then did you, did you win a championship that year? That year we had eight division 1 guys. We had a Rudy Carpenter as our quarterback. We had he went to ASU. Yep. We had our our bookends that went to USC. Uh just I mean, all over the field, we just had guys. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to win the championship first year out of the gate, you know. That's that's amazing, man. So you're thinking, like, this is my first year coaching. Oh, man, this, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. you know, oh, man. Jeez, that's great, man. How many eight Division One guys on one team? Yep. Yeah, man, that's incredible. That's incredible. And like I was telling you earlier, uh, I played with a couple of Westlake guys at Northridge in college, um, Travis Campbell and, and, and Ben Laurier. Shout, shout out to those guys. Those were some of my ex-teammates. Phenomenal players, man. You know, great athletes. Travis Campbell, too. He was just faster than, you know, lightning, man. And Yeah. And they were, I think, on that 99 team, I want to say. Yeah. And uh, they won the championship. And at that time, the defensive coordinator – was uh, the head coach from Servite, Troy Thomas. Oh, he was the D coordinator on those teams? He was the D coordinator, yep. Oh, on the Westlake team. Okay, wow. Yeah. Did not know that, man. Did not know. Yeah, he's yeah. another very successful coach. And uh, so how long were you at Westlake? Uh, from 2003 till 2011. And then 2012 – in 2013, I was at Oaks, and then from there, I went over with the Clausens to Calabasas. I see. I see. So and, you were on – go ahead. And, and when we had first got to Calabasas, we had the meeting with the principal, and the principal was like, uh, we have not won a game in the last 18 years. Eight. So 18. They, 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 they hadn't won a game? They hadn't won a game. Oh, I didn't know it was that bad. Wow. Yeah. And and so what happened, Coach? You 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 came uh, your first year at Calabasas. What happened? Uh, our first year, we had you know the Clausens, we had Coach Claiborne, um, and myself, and we came on board, and we ended up going six and four and going to the first round playoffs. So you turned it around, turned the culture around. Uh, ever since then, Calabasas is really, I mean, year in year out, man. They're consistently just competing now at a high level. Yeah. Division, uh, I want to say division. You know, they've been in Division Two, II, Division Three, right around there the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with Wesley, Coach? I, I know they have. Uh, you know, they kind of fell off throughout. Um, I mean, after you left, maybe the last five to seven years. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you know they, they've been kind of down a little bit. I know Coach Bankert left, and uh, you know, what, what what have you seen there, Coach? What, uh, I think, you know, they had two or three uh, coaching changes. 
and from the coaching changes, you know, it's also the culture and also too is the kids and the parents have to buy in. And I mean, I think that's a big part of it is, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight, but if you come in humble and you really come in and sell a good product and really have everyone buy in, I think, you know, it's going to take a little bit, but the wheels will start moving and you'll be able to uh, turn the program around. And I think for them, it's always been a quick fix and it hasn't, you know, uh, uh, got there yet, but they're on track to move to that uh, direction. For sure. And But going back to Calabasas, where they hadn't won in, in so many years, um, what do you think was the key to your success there as a coaching staff or, I mean, overall, what was the key there to turning that place around in, in just in such a short period of time, Coach? I mean, I think the biggest thing was just establishing culture, just establishing, hey, uh, we could win, confidence, and just making kids uh, believe in themselves. And also, too, is just don't be the doormat. Don't be everyone's, you know, uh, homecoming opponent so they can schedule you. Oh, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Um <laughs> There's a question here, Coach, uh, from the Kickback Podcast LA. He's, uh, he's asking, most if not all coaches have a model to their team. What is it that you preach to every team that you coach? I think the biggest thing is just either structure or build. I mean, at the end of the day, on and off the field, I mean, I grew up in the city, and for me, my escape was football. And what I try to tell these kids is just don't just look at football as a sport. I mean, look at it. If it's going to teach you discipline, if it's going to teach you structure, culture, I mean, at the end of the day in the locker room, you got to deal with 50 guys. When you go to, to go work somewhere, you're going to have to deal with 50 guys. So also too, when stuff gets tough, when stuff gets hard, you know, your back's up against a wall or well, you revert back to all those hot summers where you're running bleachers and doing something and it kind of bails you out. And even I tell kids, I mean, I don't care if you play one play or if you're playing, you know, 500 plays and you're a five-star a Division One guy. At the end of the day, you got to have the same work ethic. And I think that's the biggest thing that the kids remember. And I think that's the biggest thing where they always come back and, you know, they remember. So, I mean, for me, it's just always kind of sticking to that, kind of stick of what works. Because not every kid is built the same. It's not like a cookie-cutter program where everyone – okay, just try this and it'll work for everyone and uh, you'll play on Sundays. Some people have to take a different route. Some people have to take a different approach. And, you know, some kids come in ninth grade, 10th grade, are ready to go. Some kids don't fall into that until they're 11th or 12th grade. Year. Yeah, no doubt, man. It, it, it's, you hit it on the head because, I mean, many times in my life, uh, you know, since high school, right, in my adult life, I should say, uh, and then into college and, um, I should say maybe post-college, post-career, post-football career. Uh, you rever yeah, like you said, I've reverted back to those those hot summers, man, back to that, those, that discipline, back to those work, that work ethic, those those lessons learned that, that football teaches you, man, right? Yeah. And, I, you know, I grew up playing baseball, like basketball, soccer, uh, but football is that unique sport, man, uh, where it just it teaches you so much about life, Coach. What is it? What do you think it is about about football, man? That that differentiates from you know from from uh, every other sport out there, man. You know, because each each sport, yeah, each game, each sport will teach you lessons. You learn from each game, but 
football in particular, man, what do you think it is about football, man, that, 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 that's just so unique? I just think, I mean, just one, for instance, with your teammates, the bonding part of it. Also, too, is the humility part of it. Because no matter how big, no matter how strong you are, there's times where, hey, a smaller guy might knock you. You know, he might have better technique. You know, he might be in better condition. And uh, no matter what, is it's uh, humbling. You know, like uh, no matter how big you are, how great you think you are, like in football, you're as good as if you're a quarterback, you're as good as your last pass. You know, if you're a receiver, you're as good as your last catch that you made. If you're a lineman, you're as good as your last block or your last tackle. And I think from there, that humbling part, along with um, just, you know, the commodity and, you know, you could only go in for one play, but you could make the play of the game and that's it. Everyone is all around you. And, uh, you know what I mean? The following week, someone else makes a play. You know, following week, someone else makes a play. And I think it's the biggest thing. It's the guys who, you know, stay humble and really push the guys in practice to get better. And I think that's where the team bonding comes from. And, you know, you can only be as good as your weakest link. And the whole thing is if you don't have any weak links, it's going to be pretty hard to break, you know, a team. And I, I think that's the biggest building factor. And that's what I always tell the kids to take that later on in life because you're going to need that. You know, you always see guys at work and stuff that are either hotheads or this and that, but you revert back to your team and you kind of know, you know, who you're dealing with and stuff like that. Absolutely. That's a great point, Coach. Um, you know, it, 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 it always seems to be the, under, you know, the underdog can come through in football, right? Whereas um, – you know, in, in baseball and basketball, other sports, more than likely the superstar, the best athlete's going to shine. You know, the underdog, the kid with the less athletic ability, you know, is going to stay. You know, the, the the likelihood of that that particular player making something happen is is very uh, low, right? Yeah. Like you just said, you know, you can come in for one play and make the play of the game. You know, and be that kid who's just you know, not not you know, not that five star athlete. Just the kid, uh, part of the team, part of the uh, you know, and he, he makes the play of the game. Case in point, coach. Um, I, I have a, I'm the oldest of three three brothers, you know, uh, and I have the less, the least I should say, the least athletic ability out of all of them. And I have cousins who are much better athletes, um, friends, what have you. But yet, I was the only one to um, get a scholarship playing football. You know, so that that tells you something, man. I, I you know, and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just making the point, you know, to kind of uh, to strengthen your point that you just made. Uh, that's football, man. That's that's the nature of football. You know, it, it, that underdog. Yeah. That, you know, and that's. But I think uh, football also. I've always said, you know, it exposes a person's character, good or bad. Yep. Right. You know, if you're if you're lazy, you'll it's gonna it's gonna show. If you're a hard worker, it's gonna show. If you're if you're uh, you know if you're if you're a strong you have you have a strong work ethic and all that, it's gonna show on the football field. It's gonna show in the weight room. It's gonna show in the classroom. It's gonna show 
you know, how you conduct yourself around that football team. Exactly. Right. You know, and I, I always tell kids, look, at the end of the day, football is going to use you. So you might as well use football and take advantage of it. And the biggest thing is getting education out of it because you don't want to be an Al Bundy and beat your body up for four years and get nothing out of it. So my whole thing is I always tell the kids, you're a student athlete. So look at the first part of it. You're a student before you're an athlete. And also, too, is it opens up your windows as far as Division One, Two, and Three schools because there's so many opportunities to play football out there. And not everyone's going to be, if you're a lineman, not everyone's going to be 6'6", six, six, 300. But guess what? If you're 5'11", 230, you can play at a Laverne, at Redlands, to get a great education, CLU, get a great education and still have stuff paid for. But the thing is, you have to have the grades. So I always tell kids, don't put yourself in the corner. And because basically, if you have a 3.5 to a 4.0, you could pretty much go to any school. Then if you have a 3.0 to 3.5, you limit yourself. And then if you have a 2.5 to 3.0, you know, and then if you just have like a 2.0 and a pulse, then you get into ASU. But other than that, you know, you could get into anywhere else as long as your GPA and test scores are high enough. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, Coach, you're hitting it on the head, man. We were talking about this last night. You know, uh, football, it's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity, man. It's a great opportunity for whoever you are. Not everybody's going to go Division One, and that's just the reality. You know, obviously, everybody wants those big programs, you know, the, the, the USC's, the, the Michigan State's, the Notre Dame's. Uh, but, but the reality is not everyone – it's just, you know – but like you said, there's there's others, there's lower levels, there's Division Two, there's Division Three, there's NAIA, uh, community college, JUCO ball. I played JUCO ball, Chafee College. Yep. You know, from there you can, you know, and then there's, I mean, countless players that have gone that route uh, and gone on to the NFL, even Division Two. You know, and I want to say, uh, I remember last year seeing the statistics, a statistic in the playoffs this past year. Where there were like something like twenty something players out of Division Two or lower rosters uh, in the playoffs, playing in the, in the NFL playoffs. Yep. So there you have it. You know, uh, the proof the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was at Mount Sac. Uh, you know, in my second year, uh, Chris McAllister got there from mm -hmm. Pasadena Beer. His father was running back for the Rams. Well, Chris came out. He didn't have test scores. He always relied on talent. He just kind of coasted through school. And he thought, well, dude, I run a 4-3. I have a 38-inch vertical. I'm going to go wherever I want. So then all of a sudden it's like, well, you have no SAT score. You have no GPA. So long story short, he went to Mount Sac two years, went to the University of Arizona. Yeah. He still holds the you know, NCAA record for kickoff returns. Then he went to the Ravens. And he's a nine-time pro holder. Yep. There you go, man. There you go. So, yeah, man. Moral of the story is do your homework, kids. Do your homework. <laughs> like you said, coach, you're a student athlete first. There's that opportunity out there for you, but you got to hit the books, man. Like, there you go. Chris McAllister, unbelievable athlete. I mean, yeah, like you said, 4 3, 38 vertical. And uh, yeah, he thought it was going to be a slam dunk. Um, didn't have the test scores, right? And there you go. It's case in point. Coach, do you have, right? Yeah. Uh, do you see yourself being a head coach at some point? 
Uh, my biggest theme is I like being a position coach, and I think the head coach is one, especially at this day and age, you just got to deal with too much. So either you get an administrative assistant to do all the paperwork and all the other stuff, but like my whole thing is I just love the game, and that's my biggest thing is I like getting someone who's raw and turning them in and seeing what the finished product is. And um, I think just being a head coach just pulls you in too many directions, and you kind of lose sight of the football part of it, and you're almost tied into a management part of it. And for me, that's not what I signed up for. You, yeah, you want to be on the field. You want to be in the in the trenches, man. Like you said, you want to you want to be coach, and, um, yeah. which leads me to a, a, a kind of. Um, I took the question from Kickback Possibly. Most people don't understand what a head coach of a high school program uh, have to go through on a daily basis. Can you share with us what a full play is for a head coach on and off the field? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to see where you're at school-wise. And then from there, you have you have 90 kids in your program. That's 90 kids that you have to monitor throughout, whether they're having trouble in school, whether they're having trouble in the classroom, whether they're having great issues, whether they're having issues at home, everything, they're still part of your team. So they're an extension of your kids, but now you just have 90 of them. So now you got to deal with all those problems. And then along with it, with some schools, you have to deal with the fundraising. Then you have to deal with the parents. Then you have to deal with the administrators in the school saying, okay, well, these are the guidelines. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And, um, it's just a whole lot on a plate, I think. And I, I, I think a lot of times, you know, head coaches don't get enough credit, but it's, I think the good coach is found in you surround yourself with a good crew, but also too is um, they don't micromanage. They basically hire good coaches because they know, hey, these guys are going to do their job and I could go do the administrative half the time and come half the time and coach where I think a lot of the coaches who micromanage or do things like that, they're not successful. No. Yeah, yeah. I coached uh, for five years in, at the high school level. And then, um, you know, seeing, seeing you know, like going through playing high school, seeing what the head coach has to do, man. It's, uh, yeah, it, and nowadays especially, right? I think now more than ever, more than ever, the head coach, man, is getting pulled into – multiple multiple directions uh, that's a tough gig man I, I hand it to any head coach you know currently uh, you know in that position because it is uh it's not easy man I yeah I, I, my hats are off to my hats off to uh, head coaches right now because like you said coach yeah you got the fundraising you got the administration you got great checks you got parents you got uh just a plethora plethora of stuff but that's why like you said get, hiring a good coaching staff is critical man yeah no? because i mean also too is hiring a good staff is one it's a reflection of you but it's something that you basically need you know a collaboration of guys that are going to be on the same page i mean you don't want to hire 10 guys and it's always you know five against five or six against four and it's always a constant battle I mean, that's a big thing, too, is you got to find the right mesh and knowing people's style and knowing how uh, are they going to get 
uh, your word across to the kids. And also, too, is when you're a head coach, everything's a reflection on you, whether it's good or bad, on or off the field. It's a reflection of you, whether it's coaches, whether it's kids, whether it's parents in the stands cussing people out or anything. It's all a reflection of you. So obviously, if every phase of that is out of control, well, who do they blame? The head coach. You know, that's like when you see a kid in the store acting up. Who do you blame? The parents. Exactly, man. Exactly. No, I, I, uh, I got a lot of respect for those guys, man. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, seeing what going through um, being on a coaching staff five years and seeing what what they go through, it's just uh, it's crazy, man. But but coach, what's, what's um, now more than ever? We were anyway. We've been discussing this the last couple of nights. You know, the whole, you know, transfer thing. And um, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, on what, you know, having, you know, what a lot of players are moving around now, you know, because what for whatever reason, you know, and everybody has a different reason. There's, there's circumstances involved. There's whatever. Um, what is your opinion on, on, on what you've seen based on what you've seen the last few years with transferring and the rules and CIF and what have you? I just think, I mean, you know, as far as from a high school standpoint, just seeing kids bounce around. Uh, I mean, college coaches, first of all, college coaches, they see your transcripts, they see it. So they're going to ask questions. So all of a sudden, if you started your freshman year at, so-and-so, then you transfer, then you transfer. So then they're going to dig into it. They're going to say, well, why'd you transfer? Uh, well, you know, they brought in two other guys. Well, that's called competition. When you go to any Division One school, there's 95 guys. So there's going to be three or four deep at every position. You know, you're not going to transfer every year because you're bringing kids in. You know, so I, I think from there, it's the competition factor. And then two is I think kids nowadays – it's basically the exposure. You know, if you have a chance to be on Fox Sports West, if you have a chance to be on, you know, primetime playing some big schools, then that's the exposure that you're going to want. Because uh, let's face it, if you're a Division One coach, I'm going to ask, let me see your Bosco game. Let me see when you played Jay Sarah. Let me see when you played, you know, these schools. I mean, they don't want to see uh, when you played School of the Worthless Miracle or School of the Hail Mary. Like, yeah. you know, they don't want to see that because, <laughs> I mean, what big time coach is going to say, wow, this guy scored five touchdowns against, you know, sister uh, Mary's blind, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, so they're like, no. And, and I mean, coaches nowadays are, they want to look at every factor. And I mean, I have had coaches like coach Ed Ogeron and, you know, other coaches come down and they're like, coach, can you do me a favor? Can you send me the whole game? And I'm like, well, I have the highlights. They said anyone could, have two minutes of highlights. We want to see him play the first play all the way to the 60th play. We want to see all four quarters. Oh yeah, of course, man. No, that's, that's, you know, it, it happens all the time. And, and when you and I were playing coach, you know, we played for the school that we, we played, you know, we played at the school where we grew up next to, you know, the boundary, yep. in this boundary, we went there. You know, we play for our community. We play for our school. Um, no, I think not more. I don't know. How much do you think it, the, the current generation has has to do with that? You know, um, I, I think nowadays, I think nowadays with social media and also, too, with 
like back in the old days, it was like, okay, don't worry. Your head coach will tell you, sit tight. If you're good enough, they're going to come find you. Lou Holtz is going to come knock at your door and say, son, I want you to play. Or Bobby Bowden is going to come knocking at your door and say, nowadays it's different. Nowadays you have kids marketing themselves like Justin Bieber. You know, any chance they get, they want exposure, they want this, they want that, and they're going all over other countries. But at the end of the day, then you wonder why this kid is all over the map. And, you know, to me, it's kind of, if you're good enough, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And the same time, it's like, okay, well, now you have copycats that mirror that. And it just, it floods everything. Yeah, I mean, you got social media, you know, you have, uh, yeah, these kids are, they're promoting themselves, self-promotion, you yeah. know. You know, and back, you know, back in the day, we didn't have that. The only, the only publicity we got was in the newspaper. You got your name in the paper, and that was a big deal. You got, you know, you got your name mentioned or an article or featured article. Um, that's what it was all about. Yeah. You know? And now, yeah, nowadays, I think it's, uh, you know, do you think it's harder to, to win now, Coach, with this generation of players, uh, and, you know, with everything going on with social media and what have you, uh, or when we played? I think the biggest thing, I think now with the consistency, it's hard because if you look at every year, the rosters change so much. And if you're following some of the big players, some might stay true and stay on their team. Some might go to a couple different schools. So then all of a sudden it's almost like, okay, you see like a traveling all-star team. Where I think back when we played, it was like you said, you grew up in your own area, you grew up in your city, and obviously that's where you played Pop Warner, that's where you've seen all the games on Friday, and that's what you aspired to play at. You know, where I think now it kind of lost a little bit of that. But also, too, is, I mean, is there a really good football right now? Yeah, there is. Yeah. And also, too, is I think with the money that the schools are putting in, so weight room facility in the film in the like i mean if you look at all the top football teams everyone has tvs and replays on the sideline and you have uh you know coaching staffs with x amount of nfl guys and all these guys that are knowledgeable where back in my day it was like okay you know uh, we probably had three guys that played you know <laughs> high school football and you know, maybe Uncle Rico who played a little bit in junior <laughs> college, and then that was it. Uncle Rico, is that the what was the name? Dynamite? Uh, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite, yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> That's the, I knew that was our reference. Uncle Rico. Al Bundy, Uncle Rico. Yeah. You know, uh, so, Coach, uh, shifting gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're currently doing now. I know you're at Elite Sports Academy. Uh, yes. And like there, I'll train my NFL combine guys and I'll train my NFL vets. And then also too in the off season, I'll have my high school kids and Bob Warner kids. So are, are you basically, uh, is that a, a, a self, a, a business venture for yourself? You yeah. Have... I see. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, coach. And then from there, just a working technique, footwork, and, uh, you know, it's something through the calendar year. I mean, for the last couple of years, I mean, I've been training combine and NFL guys since 2007. 
So uh, like normally, like on a regular year, not COVID, but on a regular year, like agents would send me players from the end of the bowl games in January till combine and uh, pro day. And then from there all the way to the draft and then uh, NFL vets will come back into town. And then from there, they'll report back to camps. And then from there, I'll go into high school spring ball. And then during summer, the guys will come back and I'll mix in high school along with NFL guys, college guys. And then by August, everyone's back with their teams and back with their squad. And we'll go all the way through till January again. Then the year will start over again. Wow. Coach, drop some names, some shout outs to some of the players that you've uh, coached. Um, NFL guys. Uh, Dave Beccadari, the left tackle with the Packers. Uh, John Hillapalu, the center with uh, the Giants. Uh, uh, Marcus Martin, who is uh, currently with the Lions. Uh, 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 Daniel Munyer, who's with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, just uh, Clay Matthews, who he'll end up in a spot. You know, uh, Vontez Burfick, same spot. You know, uh, but just an array of just different guys uh, coming through. And also, too, it's a good experience to coach them, but it's a good experience to learn and just different techniques. And, you know, like I've been fortunate enough to, you know, to surround myself with a lot of guys that have been in the game a long time that are knowledgeable, you know, like Willie Anderson, who I did the Nike opening with uh, for years. And uh, he's soon to be Hall of Famer. Offensive tackle with uh, the Bengals, Willie uh, Anderson. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking. I was thinking Saints. Uh, I think that might be Willie Rofe. Is- yeah, a uh, Willie Rofe. Yeah, Different guy. Is, yeah. yeah. This is a uh, uh, Willie Anderson. He's, you know, he played with the Bengals forever. You know, but he taught me a lot along the line. And then also too, when I was at Westlake, um, his uncle is. Uh, the Seahawks offensive line coach, which is Pat Rule. And Pat Rule coached at USC for eight years, and then he's been up with the Seahawks ever since. And, uh, I mean, this is something where, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you can't have an ego. You can't have – like, to me, it's like you always have to ask uh, other questions. You know, why do you do it? You know, and I've learned from a lot of different people is – we could give you a book, no matter if the book's 500 pages. If you don't understand it, you can't coach it or get your point across, and it's pointless. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of way to skin a cat, but I think it's how you get your point across. Very true, man. And you specialize in offensive line, correct? Offensive line, yeah. And then I'll do a linebackers because I'll do a footwork with them or I'll tell them where we're blocking or how we're blocking them. So for them, they'll work with their feet, and then from there – They'll kind of see, okay, well, here's her coming at me. Well, I'll I'll do uh, this move on them or I'll do a certain move on them. Yeah, absolutely. And for those, if, just so everybody understands, man, offensive line, uh, that position is super, super technical, super technical position. And it's not easy to coach offensive line. I, I grew up playing uh, defensive line. I played some O-line in high school. Um, so I know, I know, I think that's a tough position to play, to coach, and uh, that's impressive, Coach, everything that you're, that you're doing. Um, and by the way, you can see Coach on Instagram. Uh, follow him on Instagram. Is it Flores Trojans? Yes. 
Flores Trojans. And uh, you can see a lot of his footage, a lot of his pictures. Um, but, uh, you know, specifically his, his a lot of the drills that he runs, um, you, can just, you can see him training his guys. And uh, Coach is always working, man. He's always – he never stops, man. You never stop, Coach. Where, 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 does that, where does that drive come from, man? Where does that motor come from? Um, you know, the biggest thing is just it keeps me young, man. You know, <laughs> you know, but all the drive, I mean, to be honest, I mean, all the drive, I mean, it comes from my wife, man. I mean, she, you know, I mean, she works 12-hour days in the medical field, and she oh. went back and uh, got her master's, and her whole thing is – you know, she's always pushing me, and every day she's like, "Look, get better." And you know, I, I'm be at work 12 hours, so be productive for 12 hours. You know, uh -huh, absolutely, man. That's uh, that's impressive, man, coach. And yeah, I mean, especially in football, man. You want anything in life, man? You want to be successful? You got you got to put in the work, man. You got to put in the time, the energy, the effort. All of those things come into play. Um, we have a question for you, coach. What's your favorite team? Finner Lokes. Uh, college or NFL? Uh, uh, NFL, NFL. NFL, to be honest, I mean, I, I follow the NFL, but I don't really have a team. Uh, I'm stuck on, on college. I'm a diehard college guy because at the end of the day, you don't know if the guy's going to be a plumber, electrician, or go to the NFL. Where to me, in the NFL, the guys are there one or two years and they'll bounce around. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the NFL stands and not for long, you know. <laughs> so they're always bouncing around. So my whole thing, I'll watch football on Sunday, but uh, my main thing is college. I love college. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. It, uh, so you're a Trojan. You're a tro diehard Trojan fan, right? Well, uh, back when I was at Mount Sac, uh, my good uh, teammate was uh, Rocky Seto. He – Coached at USC, and then he went up to USC, uh, coached there forever, and then he was up with Seahawks forever. Um, and he basically took me under his wing, and Pete Carroll took me under his wing, and, you know, I was always there. And finally there was one meeting where we go in, and the coach is like, I was in Westlake last night recruiting. I'd seen you at a dinner. I come to the meeting this morning. You're in here. I go to practice. You're out there. So who are you? So – my buddy, uh, Rocky said, I was like, oh, he didn't go to school here. He went to summer school down at Burdum Bay. So he's a Mexican ambassador to USC. So <laughs> ever since there, I mean, they pretty much gave me all access. And that's where I met Ed Ogeron, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian I played against and then met him there again. And uh, from there is just, uh, you know, the connections and a network that you get through football. Absolutely, man. That's, that's great. Um, we'll talk about a little bit uh, with your experience with the LA Wildcats, XFL, and working with Norm Chow, mm -hmm. um, renowned offensive coordinator and head coach. How was that for you, Coach? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, I mean, Norm Chow, his son works with Danny E, who's a big agent, and they pump out a lot of uh, top talent like Edelman and a couple of the other Patriots are on on their a label and you know i worked closely with him and uh so uh, when he said hey you know what my father's gonna get a chance to be the oc with la wildcats so he called me up and from there um uh, you know i've known norm forever and i mean he's a genius and to him is he's just really low-key really soft-spoken 
but uh, he's brilliant, X's and O's, and I mean, it's great to learn from, but also is how he gets his point across to the kids, and uh, just to see him in action, and for him to bring me in and really break everything down was uh, really cool, and uh, hopefully The Rock is bringing everything back soon, and you know, yeah. there's a couple emails and calls that we got, so, okay. you know. Hopefully we could in the next couple months, you know, get stuff uh, revving up towards the XFL. Because for me, it's great because it's another, it's almost the equivalent to your AAA in baseball. Because say for instance, you're, you get drafted in the fourth round. All of a sudden you go to training camp. You might not fit that system. You get cut, you bounce around to two, three teams. Now all of a sudden it's, late october you haven't got a call in three months your wife is telling you hey you know what we need to pay the bills you got a eight month year old daughter at home so what are you going to do just work out all day so then pretty much it's like okay you, the pressure's on you yeah so from there okay well you start doing construction you start doing accounting you do something so then all of a sudden your phone rings in november four of my players got hurt i need you to come for a two-hour workout so you go, you haven't worked out in two months. That's your only shot, and you're gone. That's it. At least with the XFL, you stay in shape. You're form tackling. You're catching the ball. You're running, jumping. You're doing everything equivalent to football instead of just trying to simulate everything in the gym that is pretty hard to do. Yeah, you're, you're playing live. You're getting live reps and, and all that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what have you heard uh, about? Is there a timetable to get to bring the XFL back with with the Rock, with the new ownership and stuff like that? I think the biggest thing is, I mean, the investors that are coming on board. I mean, they're going to make it a uh, really sound. And I just think it would have been fine if COVID and everything uh, wouldn't have came through because I mean, it was, I mean, you know, right at the peak where it was getting a good buzz, it was getting a good product and uh you know the fans were starting to key in on it and the audiences were starting to build and you know at the end of the day i mean you're still seeing guys who played at a high division one level football that were getting exposure here so no no doubt man i i, I yeah i hope that uh they bring that back and yeah, well i mean sooner than later you know yeah uh, um are they going to keep the teams the same, like as far as the names and stuff like that? Or have you heard anything about that? I think as far as the names, the teams, everything, I think everything's going to pretty much stay a similar. I see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So I, I know you've made some appearances uh, on radio shows. And uh, talk a, a little bit about those experiences, especially with uh, Petros and Money on on fox fox radio i think it is um or am 570 here in los angeles uh the uh Keyshawn show Keyshawn johnson uh, uh 17 espn and he did uh as well as the uh, uh espn radio spanish radio yep how, how were those experiences coach and how, how did those come about uh i mean the biggest thing again it, it all comes through contacts and for instance like petros pepidakis uh, I coached his godson, Mike Berkovici, uh, from Pop Warner all the way through. And I mean, Mike Berkovici was a great story because he was a guard in sixth grade 
And then in seventh grade, he lost a bunch of weight. Then he became a hotshot quarterback. Then he played at Westlake. He played at Taft. He went to ASU. He's the one who threw the Hail Mary at the Coliseum and beat him. Then from there, he, he had a stint with the Rams, Chargers, and then uh, Arizona Cardinals. And uh, from there, now he's uh, Kyle uh, Murray's quarterback coach. Kyle uh, Murray? Yeah. He's uh, oh, wow. uh, yeah, uh, Mike Bergevich is the quarterback coach at Arizona Cardinals. Well, oh, his wow. father is Petros Papadakis. So Petros had always covered our high school shows. So he was like, well, uh, come on my show. So uh, we always went back and forth. And, you know, I said, yeah, uh, we'll go on eventually. So I was fortunate enough to go on there a couple times and really good show. And then oh, yeah. uh, with Keyshawn Johnson, I coached his son at Westlake. I mean, at Calabasas. Okay. And, uh, you know, but he started playing Pop Warner and – I met Keyshawn back uh, in Westlake and then in Calabasas, obviously. And then from there, we just became good friends. And he just uh, recently moved to New York because uh, he, he took over for the Bob Golick show on ESPN. And uh, he moved to Bristol and he's doing like three different themes for ESPN. Uh, oh, I some big themes, yeah. Oh, very cool, man. You know, I saw Keyshawn at the Cal Lou, Thousand Oaks. And I didn't, man, he is, he's a big dude, man. Yep. He's a big dude. And uh, I, well, I, need, I remember him at USC killing it, you know. And he was, he's about 6'4, I want to say, man. 6'3, 6'4. He's just big, man. I was like, wow. I had never seen him in person until then. But, you know, Division One, man. Division One uh, football players, those guys are you know, monsters, man. Yeah. And, you know, and to me, he's always been great, man. He's always, you know, been good advice. He's always been like, man, you talk a lot. Come on my show, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, a really good guy. And how, and how long ago were these? Uh, did you do these appearances on uh, on their show? Uh, two, three years ago. And you got to go in studio and all that. Yep. And were you nervous at all, or was it kind of? Uh... Or were you kind of just played it cool, or how was? How was uh, at the beginning, man. At the beginning, you get shell shocked, and you know you kind of see all the other people that you normally see on Sports Center, and they're sitting right in front of you. And <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's pretty funny because I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, everyone's uh, pretty humble there, man. Yeah, it was a good vibe for sure. No, you get you know they're all most of them are ex athletes. Um, so they, yeah, they're they're humble. They're, they they know what it takes to be successful. You got to grind. You got to got to got to work hard, man. Um, yeah. Any um, and where was that um, Spanish radio appearance at? Oh, that was at a ninety three point nine. Okay, ninety three point nine, and that's yeah. Los Angeles in uh, yes. or, yeah, ninety three point nine. Okay, and how was that, man? How was that? Uh, you busted out your 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 Spanish there a little bit, huh? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. No, uh, you know, there's another um, a kid that I coached, um, a linebacker that we had. Uh, his father owned all of the Mexican radio station. So from there, he was able to get me on. And, you know, from there, I just always came on. And they're like, well, oh, we can't believe like, you're Mexican because your Spanish is so horrible. So <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Oh man, 
Dude, so they, that's it. That's funny, man. That's funny. So that, that's pretty cool, man. It's always fun to do that. And, and I think you, uh, I, I've seen you do some other appearances and uh, I've seen some footage and clips of those. So it seems like you're constantly doing, um, you know, you're being asked to appear on stuff and, and here you are here on Profile Pod TV. And, 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 and so did you enjoy doing this type of stuff, coach? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, because like for me, you're always so used to being in the gym or you're so used to being on the grass or on the turf. So to me, like uh, kind of just explain it, you know, I think it's a better feel like kind of getting a break from the gym, from the field and, you know, kind of just sitting back and throwing stuff out there. For sure, man, for sure. Um, so what's next for you, coach? Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Obviously, you're at Grace Brother now. And, uh, you know, you guys are gearing up for a, a, a really, you know, tough schedule, competitive schedule. Yeah. I mean, uh, the next thing is, I mean, just uh, pretty much uh, uh, the same grind. Just, you know, stay at Grace. I mean, hopefully there for a bit and build it and then uh, just uh, continue on with uh, combine training and, you know, NFL vets and then just go from there. Absolutely, man. No, that's uh, any uh, aspirations to to coach at the higher levels uh, in the future? Or? No, you know, like my biggest thing is I have a, a bunch of friends that I played with, and you know, a bunch of guys that I'm friends with that are in Division One. I. I have a couple kids that I coach that are you know coaching Division One or higher, and uh, great resources and all that. But for me, it's I mean, the higher level you go. I mean, you're pretty much, if you're in an NFL coaching environment, you're clocking in at 6 a.m. and you're leaving the complex at 9 at night. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, man, long, long, yeah, super long days, man. I mean, yeah. And, and do you enjoy, um, I really, when I was coaching, I really enjoyed watching film, coach. Are you a film guy? Yeah. I mean, because to me, there, there's no other correction. I mean, you could tell kids sometimes, you can tell people sometimes, you know, what they did wrong or this and that. But if you just show them, it's self-explanatory. It's yeah. like, this is what you're doing wrong. Look at it, you know, and it's automatic a correction. It's a great tool for sure, man. For yeah. sure. But I always enjoyed, man, just watching the other team, watching how they played, you know, what their tendencies, scheme, et cetera, et cetera. I, I learned to watch, to, enjoy watching that watching film and, and using it as a as a tool um, at first when i started coaching i didn't i didn't really like it to be honest with you but as i as time went on i started realizing oh wow this is this is critical <laughs> this is a critical part of the of, of coaching you know and i grew to like it man um well, you know well that you know like we always break it down for the kids is it's like okay on monday you have a new opponent well I'm going to give you the answers to the test. If you start looking at the answers to the test, when it comes Friday, you won't be a deer in headlights. You obviously are going to see what's coming and saying, okay, in this formation, I already know what they're going to do. When they line up three by one, when they line up two by two, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they're running backs aligned to the left, they're going to run it to the right. You know, and just certain things that, you know, I think the smarter kids pick up on. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm going to prepare you, I'm going to prepare you right. I'm going to prepare you for college. I'm not just going to prepare you for this game. I mean, it's basically 
you know, all of the things that uh, you're going to take into college with you. So if you're prepared, then uh, you're going to play a lot faster in college. If not, you're going to waste a year because you don't know how to learn. You don't know how to study. And it almost takes time away from you. Where at the end of the day, your college coach is going to be who the hell taught you. I mean, one, it's all wrong. We got to start from the ground up or it's basically, you know, the only thing you know is your name when you got here and that's it. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. That's part of the preparation. Part of the yep. preparation. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. Coach, last question, man. Uh, Vayner Lokes is asking if, you know, are players, NFL players taking a knee? Um, I think I think he's asking, are they taking a knee during the national anthem? Are you, are, do you know if they're doing that or what's the status on that? I haven't been paying attention. I think they're still a uh, 50-50. I think some are, some aren't. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not too uh, – I haven't been keeping up, man, you know, with, with the NFL the last couple of weeks. But I'm glad that we're we're seeing games, man. It's great to see even, you know, albeit empty stadiums, but, uh, you know, it's great to see the NFL and football and all that good stuff, man, Sundays. Getting together with friends, getting together with family, man. That's I mean, that's a pastime, you know. On Sundays yeah. – you know, barbecuing and all that good stuff, man. You know, gaining a few pounds on <laughs> throughout the throughout the season. Oh man, coach, man, it, this has been an awesome conversation, man. I learned a lot. You know, I want to thank you for coming on, taking the time. Um, you know, I, I wish you nothing but the best in the future. Much success. Uh, any any shout outs you want to give, coach? Uh, and let the people know where they can follow you as well. I know you mentioned it earlier, but Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically just follow me on uh, Flores Trojans on Instagram. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is just all my kids, uh, you know, that I've ever coached, man, just pay it forward. Yeah, so, that's, absolutely. In 17 years, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, kids, man. That's a lot of students, a lot of athletes you've seen. And, uh, and that's the beauty of it, man, because, you know, I, again, the coach, the kids that I've coached, they still call me coach, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you, you develop those relationships, those friendships, those bonds throughout the years. And, and you know, in football, man, that, that never leaves. That never leaves. You always remember those teams that you played on, that you coached on. Uh, you remember the players. You remember certain events from each season. Uh, so that's the beauty of, of football, man. It's that, that really that unique bond that it brings. You know? Yeah. So, like I said, Coach, man, thank you so much. Much uh, Good luck to you in the future. I'll be keeping up with you, man. I'll be following you. And uh, let's do it again, man. You're always welcome back. And uh, who knows when in the future we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you back on somehow. And, um, we'll chop it up again, man. You got it. Thank you. And then I'll, uh, I'll bring you out to a workout at one time so you can see these NFL horses uh, run around. Oh man, that would be great, Coach. And if you could pull some strings, maybe when, the, when we get back on the field, I would love to get on the sidelines for SoFi Stadium for the Rams. But hey, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, if, just if you, just in case, Coach, just throwing it out there, man. <laughs> you got it. You know what I mean? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, Coach Andy Flores. Follow him on Instagram. Check him out. He's got a lot of cool stuff to watch and, and look at on his page. Um, you want to see behind the scenes of what it takes to become successful and training and coaching NFL players. That's your man. And not only NFL players, but high school players as well, collegiate players. Big shout, uh, So big thank you to Coach. Um, I want to thank everybody who's in the comments tonight. 
Vayner Lokes, Damian Carrion, uh, Chris from Kickback Podcast LA. Uh, there's Joe Sanchez, my man Joe. What's up, buddy? How's it going, bro? Thank you for being here. Uh, who else came in tonight? Who else came in? King Slayer, 1030. And everybody else who watched on, um, on live, on YouTube, the replay, if you're, if you're listening on the audio version, a million thanks to you. Don't forget to subscribe to Profile Pod TV, the 1,000 subscriber challenge. We're trying to get to 1,000 by December 31st of this year. Let's make it happen, but I need your help, guys. I need your help. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Support the show. Support the cause. I'm going to keep bringing content. I'm going to keep bringing awesome guests like Coach Flores tonight, week in, week out. Let's continue to push each other and help each other out, support each other, and grind. Let's keep the grind going. For uh, Coach Flores, I'm uh, Andy Anatomical, a.k.a. Double A. Stay tuned next week. We'll be back next, uh, I want to say Wednesday, for a very special guest. I'm just going to leave it like this. Two words, professional, or oh, three words, professional baseball player. I'll leave it at that. So stay tuned for uh, next week's episode. For Coach Flores, I'm Andy Anatomical. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, guys. Have a great night. And always remember to take it easy. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Coach.